Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. My name's Tori. My name's Taylor Shea. Welcome back, guys. Hi, guys. Um, hi. It's ah. very nice. No, no, no. Get the fuck down. Get the fuck down. Do you need window privileges taken? Um, that was us yelling at Powder because she just stood up onto the window. And um, we have this thing where we will revoke window privileges mm-hmm. if they, because, okay, so yeah. a lot of our, like, especially in the upstairs where the pod room is and my room is, we had to buy screens to put in mm-hmm. because they didn't have any screens, which I think is fucking stupid. There's no screens in any of the windows in this entire apartment except for in our living room. Yes. It, it, literally, that's it. Yep. So I bought a screen when I moved in. And I bought another one for the pod room once we had the podcast and stuff. Um, but the issue is, thankfully, I feel like the screens that are downstairs are a little more mm-hmm. solid than these ones because these ones mm-hmm. you can literally if you, if they were to paw with it, their hands yep their, it, l- their little hands their, their little, little raccoon hands yeah um they would open it and they could fall out and we're on the yeah. third third level so like that's not good yeah anyway mm-hmm. so, so a little frightening but hi guys. also speaking of frightening things oh. i waited until this moment to no. tell you this is it something with the house no okay good just make okay sure. so hoxie yes hostage hostage <laughs> yes yes it's, to preface for anybody who doesn't understand, we lovingly refer to him as a hostage. He married my Aunt Piper. Mm-hmm. Love him terribly. But for a very long time, I would just sit there and joke and be like, I don't look at you as my uncle. I think you're just this hostage that mm-hmm. we trapped in our family. Love and it. I love here. it. So he works at a nursing home as well. And the last time I saw him, I had asked him, like, have you ever had any, Mm -hmm. like, weird experiences at work? Have you ever Mm -hmm. had anything strange go on? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. He texted me today. He always said, like, no, no, no. Like, the Mm -hmm. only things he's ever had is, like, he had a couple of times where, like, some patients would say that, like, family members were coming. Mm -hmm. Family members who had already died. And then they would die. Yeah. So he was in the room today. He texted me today. And he was like, so... Had a bit of an experience. Mm -hmm. He went into a room of a patient who he knows is actively dying Mm -hmm. and has been for a little bit. Came to the room with another coworker and she was like, who's that baby with you? And he was like, there's no baby with me. It's just my coworker, Dan. She was like, no, the little redheaded (gasps) baby, the one that's not yours. And was clearly referring to my nephew because he's a grandpa now. And he's been very extremely involved. Like, I've been showing Mm -hmm. you all of these pictures that Hoxie has been taking of the baby and all of these Mm -hmm. cute things. So, yeah, he had a a resident today who was actively dying ask him who the baby that was with him. And she was referring to our nephew, who clearly was not there. That is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. I hate that. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. Thanks. I hate it. Bye. Yeah. I was like, I think that's kind of cute, though. I mean, I guess. So I guess like the baby is so attached to him that like it's like traveling around with him. But also like just kind of insane that this like dying woman. Yeah. It was just like, hey, hey, who's that fucking baby? Who's that baby? Who's that fucking baby? Who's that fucking baby? Who's that fucking baby? That little redheaded baby. Who the fuck is that? Um. So we are... We're back, guys. We're back. We're here. Haven't recorded in a little while. Yeah. I'm extra like today. Yeah. Yes, because I've like accomplished so many tests at work. Mm -hmm. I like I don't know why, but I'm on one of these like modes where I'm like I can do a hundred things. I mean that was me. That was me today, but that was because I took my meds at noon, which is when I'm supposed to take them. I have no idea what my problem is then. Um, love that, but I also. Like, I worked a double Saturday into Sunday, and I, so from 10 a.m. Saturday until 10 p.m. last night, Sunday, so 36 hours, I got four hours of sleep, 
and I slept for 12 hours last night. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing a double tomorrow, so that's gonna be very fun. My next paycheck, though, I figured out between all the overtime mm-hmm. I'm getting, is gonna be like 104 hours. Oh, that's amazing! Which is gonna be oh, like dope. so good, and I, I like need that money. I'm hoping that it changes for this paycheck, but it, I was re- I was recently told that for the start of our new like insurance year mm-hmm. for my job, that our company is going to be contributing more to the insurance fees, and oh, it's nice. coming less out of our paycheck. So I'm hoping that means that my paycheck is going to That'd increase very soon that would be dope but i could use a raise mm-hmm. anyways for Maybe dealing with the bullshit that, that yeah. i deal with That's but I feel about. we wanted to announce to let you guys know so we are going to be making a little bit of a change yes. so usually we try to say that we post on mondays most of the time it's been happening on tuesdays yes. we're just gonna make it the announcement now we're officially changing it to we will upload yes. tuesdays now. yeah because it's a lot easier because sometimes i'll be spending like pure example next weekend next sunday night i'll be at my parents house and mm-hmm. um even though we're recording two episodes like this like right now mm-hmm. i'll be at my parents house next uh, next sunday and so it's tough because sometimes we can't record until monday night like right now it's mm-hmm. a monday night yeah and there's no way in hell i'm gonna get an episode posted before it's not even worth before it it's already 5 30 yeah like who's gonna listen to it you know what i mean exactly because like, I, I know multiple people who are like i listen to it on my drive home mm-hmm. and it's 5 30 already like i'm gonna exactly. post this at eight nine o'clock at night like no yeah. so i'm gonna post it on tuesdays i'll probably edit it tomorrow they'll probably be posted by tuesday afternoons i'm assuming yeah. um just because it gives us more time to record more time to for me to edit because it started to become mm-hmm. i was telling tay like started to become almost like a like a chore yeah i was like i have to fucking edit oh my yeah. god i have to edit and like i used to love editing like i used to love you know mm-hmm. spending time and just sitting down editing and you know making sure like you know things were seamless mm-hmm. and you know i feel like i haven't been doing that because it's been more of a fuck i gotta edit so yeah by giving us another day it'll hopefully mean better quality podcast for mm-hmm. you guys because absolutely. we have more time to i have more time to edit and not have yes. it be as choppy which is nice absolutely um, but also you know allows us to not mm-hmm. rush and because yeah. this is something that you know would we like it to be a career of course yeah. but this is something that we do for fun and like exactly there so should we want not... it to stay fun exactly and keep that although my goal i'm hoping that if and when we finally get a new team member to my team Mm -hmm. i'll have a more not only a more confident staff person Mm -hmm. but also i'd be able to have someone i could communicate better with to say like hey i want to devote time to my podcast every day either by doing research or making a post on our social Mm -hmm. media every day like something Mm -hmm. so that i can still be doing work for this every day yeah definitely and I'm hoping because like luckily my boss is one of those people who keeps saying that although we don't have the availability to do that right now Mm -hmm. that she's someone who has several times over the years have hired people in different positions Mm -hmm. purposely telling HR just bring them into anything at the Mm -hmm. moment and then moves them over the minute they can. So I'm hoping that that might be happening because I interviewed literally Mm -hmm. the perfect candidate and I'm I so desperately want this person to work with Mm me because they would be incredible at Mm -hmm. this job and they'd just be excellent. They're everything that I'm looking for Mm -hmm. in a candidate. Which would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, you know, we appreciate you guys, your guys' understanding and stuff. We want it to be fun and I wasn't having fun for a little bit and I want to make sure it's fun for me again. Not that like recording was fun and like seeing everyone talk about it was fun, but like the editing, which is a big part of this, was not fun like a scary chore that you weren't having enough time that i would procrastinate and that you felt pressure about yeah it was like it would get to the point where instead of being like okay cool i get to edit today it was oh fuck i have to edit and i'd wait until literally monday night and start editing monday night into tuesday and then i'd rush to do it because i was so fucking annoyed with it you know what i mean so i want to be able to get back into like where i'm i'm cool with it and it's fun and stuff like that so you know we're changing to tuesday which is cool um 
Oh, and the side note, another. So speaking of people dr- listening to when they drive, mm-hmm. this is gonna be a longer intro. I apologize. I apologize, guys. <laughs> I got a text from my friend, my friend Sam, yesterday, uh-huh. saying, "Let me let me find it and read it." She so she apparently listens to our podcast every time when she goes to and from work. Aww. Um, so she texted me yesterday saying, <laughs> "Sometimes when I'm listening to your podcast, I have to remind myself that I've literally never met Tay. Like I don't even know what she looks like, but yet I know her." LOL. Aww. Yeah. We can be friends. Yeah. And I said, that's so funny. I love that. And I was like, I love that you listen. It makes me happy. Aww. She goes, literally, it's the only thing that keeps me awake during my work drives. And I was like, I love that for you. And she apparently really was listening sweet. to the high conspiracy theories. Yeah. And she quoted, she goes, so anyway, I'm high. Bitch, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so like, we are, you know, so we Yay. have, we, we appreciate all of y'all. And, you know, mm-hmm. Sam, love you. Hope work is going good. Mm-hmm. Hope Oklahoma is Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. in grad school in Oklahoma. So like. Hope you good there. What's Hope you good there, girly. Yeah, right. Um, I think for like physical therapy. Oh I my think. god! Congratulations. Yeah, she's a smart bitch. That's dope yeah, as fuck. Yeah, she's dope as hell. Get get it. You're amazing. Yeah, get Do it. all the things. Exactly. I'm so glad that we can help you a little bit yes. on your journey because. Yes. Driving, commuting Driving sucks. sucks. Yes, it Fucking does. sucks. So yes. if we could bring even the smallest bit of like yes. fun entertainment or light, even though we're talking about horrific things yeah. and you've already warned me that this is going to be gruesome. Yes, it is. Ugh, I'm like... I'm prepared, but not prepared. Yeah, it's it's pretty gruesome. Because you know me, I don't like yes. gore. Gore. Yeah. So uh, this is yeah. a this is a case. It's not necessarily true crime. It is a survival case, and it's not even like a survival <laughs> case where I know Morbid did one. I want to say at least six months ago, between the, in the last six months. Yeah, sorry, about the airplane one. Yes. I that one. <sighs> so like, it's not even one of those where it was like he a crime was committed and he survived the crime uh-huh. or like someone like tried to set him up for failure. And what it was like mm-hmm. a freak accident that wow. he survived. And like when I, re- I saw this on TikTok mm-hmm. and I saw it and I was like, what the actual fuck? Like what the fuck happened to this guy? So we're gonna be talking about Aaron Ralston's Aaron Ralston today. Okay. Have you ever heard of Aaron Ralston? No. Okay. So he was born on October 27th in 1975 in Marion, Ohio. Um, I'm not sure. I, I know his parents' names were, like, in the movie and, like, out there because there's a movie about what happened yeah. to him, but I forgot to write them down. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so when Aaron was 12, him and his family moved to, to Denver, Colorado, where he began uh, picking up backpacking and skiing. This okay. is when he found his passion for outdoors. So he was mm-hmm. a very outdoorsy kid, like, always loved being outside, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Um, he graduated from Cherry Creek High School and went on to get degrees in both French and mechanical engineering and minored in piano. Okay, so this kind of reminds me of, like, we have this one dude that we graduated college with, mm-hmm. like, all of my friends. I wasn't super close with him, but mm-hmm. he was close with a bunch of my friends. Dude graduated with three whole majors. Yep. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, how are yeah. you such a genius? His was, like, mathematics, mm-hmm. something also science, and then, like, fucking, I don't know, like, yeah. music or something. And I'm like... Who yeah. are you and how does your brain do that? Exactly. Like, I was scraping by sometimes. Yeah, so Aaron kind of seemed mm-hmm. like a jack of all trades. He was smart, athletic, and musically inclined, which is, like, really impressive. Like, oh, my God. Very my, well-rounded. My oldest brother-in-law is very intelligent. He mm-hmm. is very athletic, and he is artistically inclined, like, when it comes to singing and mm-hmm. playing, like, the the guitar. And so I am, cool. like, so fucking jealous of that because yeah. it is so, like, impressive to mm-hmm. be not only smart, which I, we're both very intelligent people, to be smart but to be very athletic of which i am not and also mm-hmm. musically inclined which is an amazing skill to have um so after college aaron found himself working at a large corporation but he soon grew bored and realized how burnt out he was which is like fucking mood um this Same. is when he was like fuck it and he quit his job in 2002 so he could climb denali the highest uh, mountain in the, the united states i'm not quite sure where that is but i, I don't know either yeah hold on we should probably look that up but also like 
that's incredible that you're just like you know what i'm burnt out fuck this i'm gonna go climb yeah. a fucking mountain i would rather almost yeah. die on this mountain than work for you exactly that says something about capitalism exactly so once he climbed denali he realized how much he loved climbing and he moved to colorado in order to preserve per- oh it's in alaska i think i thought it was one of those like up there sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no i I figured you were going to yeah so after he went to uh, went to alaska climbed denali he was like i fucking love this shit so he he um he moved to colorado because that's where the rockies are Mm -hmm. in order to pursue his dream being a mountain climber so he then established a personal goal to climb which was to climb all of colorado's what they call quote four four near 14 nears four to four to nears where it's like 14 ER, 14 years, whatever. Um, so I looked it up, and for, a 14 year is a mountain that has an elevation of at least 14,000 feet. Oh so according to, uh, according to Wikipedia, apparently Colorado has 53. Sometimes people say 55, um, which is the most of any state. Jeez. So he started to do this alone and also continued doing this into the winter, which hadn't been done before. So he liked to do stuff alone. He liked to um, mm-hmm. – um, mountain climb alone and he also one of his goals was to to climb all the 14 years Mm -hmm. in um in the winter alone which that had never been done before okay so cool goal but also sounds a little unsafe yes so he um and actually bro i was like i want to know i think this is pretty dangerous to climb alone during the winter but like yes i mean people climb everest by themselves so whatever um fair so we'll and we'll kind of see how later how climbing alone doesn't really end the best for him um so and it actually didn't end well before his major accident. So he was actually caught in an avalanche during a climb on Resolution Peak in Colorado with two skiing buddies. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but it was definitely a wake-up call to Aaron about being more careful yeah. like what, with what he was doing. Okay, so don't want to interrupt again yes. too much, but have you heard of the, mo- the book or the movie Deliverance? I've heard of it. I don't know what it's about. Okay, fucking terrible. I hated this book, hated this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know why the fuck this was required is it, wait, so reading. Is it, is it trash or is it just like scary? Uh, it's just like there's parts of it that like it's so unnecessary. Like there's a male like sexual assault scene. Like mm. it's really like so fucking unnecessary mm. for what they were trying to do. And it kind of like paints like country people as like creepy mm. rapists. Um, but have you ever heard the banjo noises? Yes. That comes from that movie. Gotcha. From the dueling banjo scene. But however, so in the book and in the movie, one of the things that like they taught that I remember in detail about when I took this English class was my English teacher being like, it was foreshadowed uh, the like end ending mm-hmm. basically like, well, I'll spoil the book, the movie. Mm-hmm. It's been out since 1970. Yeah, fuck it. The book ends with one of the four guys who goes on this, mm-hmm. like, hiking trip or whatever, literally dying. One guy mm-hmm. gets molested. Another guy literally dies. Like, one guy breaks his arm, and the most, and that's the most experienced, like, climber. The guy who basically convinces these three guys, the three other guys who are not very experienced, mm-hmm. to go on this trip. Mm-hmm. But... One of the things that like was hammered home in my brain was mm-hmm. my teacher being like, oh, yeah, you remember in the beginning of the book when the main character is like, oh, I'm getting all this travel mm-hmm. lust because this guy just keeps telling all these exciting stories mm-hmm. of travel. All the exciting stories of travel that he keeps talking about ends in disaster for the people around mm-hmm. him or himself. Mm-hmm. So it was foreshadowed a, a the entire time Mm -hmm. that this wasn't going to be a disastrous trip Mm -hmm. that this guy who says he's an expert is a fucking idiot Mm -hmm. who keeps getting himself and others hurt Mm -hmm. so i don't know why but it kind of reminded me of that like you got some foreshadowing don't do it it's gonna badly yeah 
So let's talk about why I'm telling you about Aaron Ralston. So in April two, 2003, Aaron decided to go on um, a canyoneering trip. So canyon canyoneering, I saw it and I was like, the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. So it's essentially hiking. Okay. But with canyons. <laughs> <laughs> so you just hike into a canyon. That's that's essentially what it is. So he he went canyoneering through Blue John Canyon in Utah. So while descending into the lower canyon, he came across a three foot wide canyon or a little like a uh, divide that had three boulders suspended in it. As he began to kind of like hop and climb over them, the second boulder dislodged, smashing into his left hand and then pinning his right arm between the almost 800 pound boulder and the canyon wall. So now he was stuck. Um, and this was only the beginning of the five, almost six day long ordeal that he miraculously survived. His arm was wedged between a 800 pound boulder oh and the God. fucking wall of the canyon. Yeah. I'm terrified. So at first, Aaron tried to dislodge the boulder in any way he could. He tried to chip away at it with his cheaply made multi-tool knife. Um, and he described this tool as, quote, what you'd get if you brought a $15 fa- flashlight and got a free multi-use tool. So we all, we've all seen them. Like yeah. really shitty, like we give them to like your younger brother because like they want a Swiss army knife, but they're expensive. You know what I mean? So this didn't work. So when this didn't work, he tried to rig his climbing gear in a way that he would be able to move the boulder, kind of like a pulley system. Okay. Um, this didn't work either. And then he realized there was no way he would be able to move the boulder, even a centimeter. Um, and so side note, he hadn't told anyone he was going canyoneering here and he didn't have mm-hmm. any way to call for help. Um, because, even though it was 2003, he had a cell phone, but the cell phone was parked, was in his car where he parked it. So yeah. he parked his car before, well, at the entrance of the canyon. He rode his dirt bike, like, how many fucking miles? And then he chained his dirt bike up at a tree and then walked the rest of the way. Oh, no. So there was, like, an eight-mile stretch from where his car was to where he was trapped. And that's where his cell phone was. Oh, no. So, what? yeah. Don't do that. So even if he did have a cell phone, the reception probably wasn't going to be good because it was like, and that was 2003 and it was the middle of a fucking canyon. Yeah, because who's putting cell towers in the canyon? Exactly. So he also uh, said later that normally he would. So those Verizon ads aren't going to help the, can you hear me now? Mm -mm, No. No. So he also said later um, after the ordeal that he normally told someone where he was going, but he failed to do so this day. He just like forgot because he was so excited about like going on this trip. (sighs) So, so, like, everything is set up in, like, this mm-hmm. domino yeah. effect of terrible. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets worse. Oh, no. So, um, then he had to begin rationing um, all the food and water he had. So, he only had two burritos and 12 ounces of water. So, that's all How he had. How do you eat a burrito on a hike? Fuck if I know, dude. Um, what a man. <laughs> right? So, he was able to ration the food that he had and the water he had for three days. Um, so, wow. on the third day, he ran out of food. And the fourth day is when he ran out of water. Oh. So once this happened, he knew he would die of dehydration if he didn't do anything. Um, so he thought he thought of only one option, um, severing his arm to get out of the canyon. Um, so there was one issue with this um, was that he only had the cheap multi-tool. Um, also, side note, before this, he had also begun drinking his own pee. Because, like, yeah. pull a bear grills. I don't like it, but I understand why. Yeah. Um, and so he was also said that he was keeping himself warm because it was like, it was, it's Colorado. It's like in yeah. the desert. So it gets so really it gets hot during the day really, and really, really cold, cold at night. night. So he, he was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. So he would, what he did was at least in the movie, mm-hmm. he wrapped uh, his climbing ropes around his legs and mm-hmm. he put like his hat on his backpack on and like put his, put his one arm yeah. inside of his shirt to try to like keep yeah. warm. Oh. Um, but in the col- in like in, in a fucking, um, mm-hmm. canyon, you know what I mean? So I wonder if, if so, although yes, kind of side note. Did anybody worry and like 
get concerned after a couple of days. Yeah. Okay. So, so apparently what happened was, I think it was when he didn't go to work or his mm-hmm. sister didn't hear from him, they okay. report him missing. Okay. But the issue was he lived in Colorado. And he was in Utah. Yes. And Fuck. he told no one he was in Utah. Fuck. Exactly. How do you... No, number one rule. Exactly. You tell people if you're going out of state. Exactly, exactly. So, um, the there's like so I said, there's only one issue with mm-hmm. his idea of severing his arm was that he had the cheap multi tool. So, mm-hmm. nevertheless, he tried. He began taking the little knife and trigger warning, um, sawing back and forth. Um, but he said it was so dull. Cause think about it, he also yeah. not only was it a cheap multi tool, but he'd also use it to try to chip away at the boulder. Yeah. So it was so dull it didn't even break skin. So on the fifth day he was trapped in the canyon, uh, he accepted his fate. He thought he was going to die. So he took the multi-tool and he carved his name, his date of birth, and the day he presumed he would die into the rock next to him. That way people would find, like, if they would find him, they would know who he was. He also had a camcorder with him, like one of those Mm -hmm. old, like, ones where it was like, um... You, the screen flipped out and it was like yeah. vertical. It was one I of those ones. I would pay ones. anything to never see that in my life. Yes. Yeah. So any he, footage from that. I oh don't yeah. I see watched it. Ever. It's fucking crazy. And he's oh, like, I my would name pay is you money to never show that to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. Bet. <laughs> um, so he also videotaped his goodbyes to his family with a video oh. recording that he brought with him. Um, so later that evening, um, as he was trying to stay warm, he began hallucinating, most likely from the hunger, the dehydration. Yeah. He had a version of himself playing with a young boy who was blonde hair and had blue eyes mm. while missing the lower half of his right arm, the arm that was trapped against the canyon. Mm. So after this, Aaron was determined to make it out. And he credits this vision as to why he had the will to escape. Oh, my God. If you... Yes. Oh, okay. Bitch. I don't want to spoil things, but yes. I feel like I know where this is going. So I'm going to trigger warning these next few paragraphs because mm-hmm. it is graphic as fuck. So, content warning, self-mutilation, body injury, blood, amputation. Gore. Gore, sorry. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Aaron woke up the next morning and found that his, um, he, he tried to start cutting off his arm again. Mm-hmm. And when he poked, um, he, like, noticed that something was off about it. Okay. He poked his ar- his hand that was trapped. And um, he realized that his arm had begun to decompose because of a lack of circulation. And he was like, okay. I got to fucking do this now yeah. because this is like he poked it. And at least in the movie, which like yeah. is we'll talk about later is very accurate. Mm-hmm. Like gas escaped. That's how bad it was. Oh. Yeah. So um, he realized due to. So, OK, this is going to be a major trigger warning. You're not going to like this at all. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. So he realized due to how tightly his arm was between the rock and the canyon wall, he could break his arm right below his wrist by using torque. Uh. So he first broke his radius, the bone that connects from your elbow to your thumb side of your wrist. And then um, this was obviously very painful. So he took a, a, a break, but only for a few minutes because he was like, I got to get this shit done. Then he broke the ulna, the other forearm bone. So with all this being done, all he had to do was get through the skin, muscle, tendons, and arteries and veins that were in his arm um, in order to be free. So, Oh, you know, just all the important bits. <laughs> yeah. So remember, uh, all he had was his dull multi-tool. So he was, <laughs> you're like, I feel so bad for you because you, she hates gore. I feel so bad. My feet are up. I'm protecting my toes <laughs> <Yes>. now. <laughs> so he actually took the tubing from his camelback water bag and wrapped it as tight as he could right below his um forearm or right, mm-hmm. right, right, wait, wrapped it as tight as he could right below his forearm. So like right below okay, his elbow. Yeah. Like yeah. right below the. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he, so we did this hoping to slow the, slow the blood flow so he <laughs> wouldn't bleed out as he was amputating his own arm. So for the next hour, um, Aaron worked hard at severing the skin, muscles and tendons that held his arm together. So he saved the larger arteries for last, knowing that if he cut them first, he would bleed out faster. So somehow he was able to sever his right forearm with just the dull knife and pliers of the multi-tool. Because he said, um, trigger warning, I wasn't going to put this in, but I want to. He used the pliers to get through the tendons. Because of like how, yeah. 
So once he was free, um, he used the camelback water bag and used it as like a makeshift sling and like held it up against like if you imagine yeah. like bending your arm at your elbow and like keeping it like as yeah. your pledge of allegiance. Yeah. And then like cutting off. That's how he kept his arm. Like he kept it in like yeah. a water like the Ooh. water like not in the water, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yes. on the water bag for a sling. Yeah. So once he was free, he set up his anchors and rigs and rappelled down the 60-foot canyon to the floor and began hiking out of the canyon. Now, I want to mention that... How does he have any strength to move? I want to mention that rappelling, and even for experts, normally takes two hands. This man did this one-handed, dehydrated, bleeding out, out, been there for days. Exactly. That must have been some adrenaline. So I think he was able to do this probably because he had a long history of hiking, uh, canyoneering, and rappelling. That's why he was able to do that. He had those skills. Um, but still fucking crazy. So once he got out, he began the almost eight mile hike back to his vehicle. So like I said, he fashioned a makeshift sling for his arm out of his camelback backpack. Around mile six, he actually encountered a family from Holland who was hiking and called out for help. Oh my God. Um, they thankfully heard him and ran to his aid. They gave him some food and some water and alerted the authorities. And luckily for Aaron, the authorities had actually already narrowed down their search to the canyon Aaron had gotten entrapped in because his fa- friends and family had reported him missing. They didn't, he didn't tell yeah. them where they were, where he was going, but I think they were like, this is on his list of stuff he wants to do. Aww. So can you check this? Uh, but obviously it was out of state, so they checked everything in Colorado first. Well, at least first. it's good that he was communicative enough that his family all knew like exactly. what his bucket list places were yep. to go to. So um, he actually he got into the helicopter, and it took Aaron out of the um, canyon and desert and flew him right to Alan, Alan Memorial Hospital in Moab, Utah. Um, he actually got off the helicopter and walked unaided to the gurney on the helipad. He walked like there, just was like, I'm good. Sir. Can yeah. you stop being so, yeah. like, incredibly physically able? Right, You're exactly. making me feel bad for feeling like I need to crawl out of bed each day. Exactly. So Aaron had um had been produced, uh, rescued. Aaron had been rescued just four hours after amputating his own arm. Oh so Aaron had said before that if he had cut off his arm any earlier, he would have bled out. But if he didn't, he probably would have died trapped in the canyon within the next few hours. Yeah. So like it was kind of one of those like it. You do it while right every hour you're going to go. Yeah. While everything lined up horribly for him. Yeah. Everything like his plans also lined up perfectly mm-hmm. once he was trapped. Yeah. Um, so he made he made the decision at the exact right moment. During this six day, 127 hour ordeal, Aaron had lost 40 pounds. And a whopping 25% of his blood volume. Oh, my God. Um, after being stabilized at Allen Memorial, he was transported to St. Mary's Hospital in Grand Junction, Utah, where he would spend more than a week and have the first of many surgeries to prepare his amputated arm for a prosthetic. So three days after Aaron's rescue, a team of workers went back to where he was trapped and worked on removing his arm from where it still was. It took 13 men, a winch, which is like a, a tool yeah. for like, I think it's one of those like where mm-hmm. you crank it, yes. whatever, a winch and a hydraulic jack to remove the boulder and retrieve Aaron's arm. Well, at least we know that it wasn't like a simple like, oh, just push it a little. Yeah. But- yeah. Thirteen. Fuck. Yeah. A whole 13 ass team. whole dudes. A winch and a hydraulic jack. Oh, my yep. God. So the arm was then cremated. Um, and Aaron was actually able to get the ashes of his arm, which oh, is kind of cool. So we'd be like. Right? That's the ashes of my arm over there in get that the, urn. Oh, get this. He, That's and mine. He returned to the spot where he was trapped a half a year later on his 28th birthday and scattered the ashes, saying that's where his arm belonged. Oh, Right? That's where my arm should be. Fuck yeah, you guys. Yeah, exactly. So since he got out of the canyon, Aaron has still indulged in his love for the outdoors. Um, with the That's help- incredible, but also... Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Why? How do you still do that? <laughs> I would never go outside. I've right? become an ag- agoraphobe, right? straight up. With the help of a custom-made prosthetic, Aaron climbed the tallest mountain peak in South America, Aconcagua. Aconcagua? 
Aconcagua. A C O N C A G U A. Aconcagua. I got nothing. I'm sorry. We can't pronounce anything. No. As well as became the first person to climb all of Colorado's 14 years during the winter solo. So he completed his dream after he cut off his own arm. Yep. Um, he also had two children since his amazing escape, including a blonde-haired, blue-eyed j- boy, just this like the one I in the canyon. This is what I knew was gonna happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. So his firstborn, firstborn yeah. child was a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed boy, and looked exactly like the one in his vision. Saved him. <laughs> yep. So there's also been a lot of media surrounding Aaron and his ordeal. So he has done me- too many interviews to count, including some with Ellen, Howard mm-hmm. Stern, and Anderson Cooper. Nice. Um, he's been on Tosh.0 and was featured in GQ's Men of the Year in 2003 and Vanity Fair's People of the Year in 2003 as well. Yeah, he should be People of Every Year. He cut off his own arm. Yeah. So there was also a movie made about his time in the canyon called 127 Hours starring your favorite person, James Franco. My least favorite person, yes. James Franco. So, Just kidding. There are other people I hate more. Yes. Gwyneth Paltrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> fuck Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, My enemy, Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> and her fucking vagina-scented candle. Yes. Um, so this movie was nominated for three Golden Globes and a shit ton of other awards. And Aaron himself actually had some thoughts about the movie. So um, he said there were some ina- inaccuracies in the movie, but Aaron As said... Every movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron said, quote, the movie was so factually accurate, it was as close to a documentary as you can get and still be a drama. Damn. I was able to watch it, and I do want to say it, it was a little slow, but okay. pretty good. It was one of those movies that, like, you're like, okay, 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 okay. but then the last, like, yeah. 20 minutes, make it. I'm like, so sorry, last, but I yeah, will never no. watch this in my life. So, um, so a little boring in the beginning, like I said, but I think the scene of James Franco acting as Aaron amputating his arm makes up for it. It was really gory, not gonna lie. Mm. And even someone like me, and you know me, my favorite, yeah. my favorite movies are the Saw movies. Yeah, it made me queasy Ooh. because there's a scene so where I he... cannot watch it, or no. I will vomit. No, you will, because there's a scene, and the scene that really made me queasy was I'm not gonna try to describe it in too much detail. Okay, he. Obviously, there's nerves. Yeah. I'm like big nerves. Yes. So the scene where he had to cut his cut the nerve every time he would like there was like two or three times where he would like go to touch it. Uh And there was like high pitched noise as if like the that like jerk you just made. That's how I felt. And it made me physically nauseous. I would have been out the second I heard the bone cracking noises. Like Mm -mm. if they did the whole Foley noises of someone. Oh, they did breaking their arm bones i would have been out at that yep. moment but mm-hmm. like i'm gonna bomb i gotta go i gotta yep. go <laughs> something that aaron did mention was that james franco actually got a lot of shit because they were like oh you didn't scream you didn't cry whatever yeah. this and the other and aaron was like i didn't yeah aaron was like it hurt really fucking bad he goes but i didn't make a scene it out of full it full adrenaline exactly You're just you know what you have to do exactly and also fun fact that scene was filmed in one take wow which is impressive as fuck as much as james franco is a piece of shit and kind of a weird guy yeah like that's, that's impressive talented. as fuck yeah. that he can do it in, in one shot. Yeah. Um. So some of the inaccuracies I was talking about earlier. Um. One of them was being that um Aaron meets two girls in the movie, <laughs> and he did meet two girls in yeah. real life while like before the accident happened. Yeah. But in the movie, they go for a swim in like a blue lagoon in the canyons. Like, okay. He meets them. That he shows them a cool spot, and then it's one of those spots where they have to like climb, like kind of rest their back on the wall and have <laughs> their arms and like supporting them. They kind of like, shuffle. Yeah. And they drop, and it's this gorgeous blue lagoon. And they're swimming oh. together, and they invite him to a party. This, that, and the other. Whatever. Whatever. that didn't actually happen okay he did meet two girls yeah but all he did was just show them some climbing moves like he didn't okay. actually like yeah you know, 
That it wasn't like some sexy drama. Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, a James Franco flick needs to be. Exactly. So other than mm-hmm. that, um, it was pretty accurate. Um, except That's for like dope. you know changing some names and reporting mm-hmm. him missing. They they said that his boss reported him missing in the in the yeah. movie, but it was really his sister. So you know all yeah. that type of stuff. But like I said, um, the real life Aaron Ralston said you know. It was wow. a really good. It was a really good movie, considering. That's and he actually, cool. he, him and his wife, who is they're now divorced, yeah. um, actually made a cameo in the movie. And Aww. at the very end, there's a scene where James Franco is swimming in a pool with like an amputated arm, like as Aww. Aaron Ralston, and he like pops up out of the pool and on the green lawn, there's like a couch, and Aaron yeah. Ralston and his entire family is sitting there. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, but I also really like that this was a movie that was done after a real person in a real event and mm-hmm. that real person actually really appreciated yes. and accepted that because I feel yeah. like 90% of the time when yep. you hear of like drama movies that are based on real mm-hmm. events the real people do not support mm-hmm. or they're like this is entirely inaccurate mm-hmm. or like this has too many inaccuracies blah 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 mm-hmm. although I can't think of like too many off the top of my head right now that are great examples of like people fucking it up and doing it wrong mm-hmm. but these were good people the only thing that's coming to my head is like house of gucci and the lady sitting there being like lady gaga did not portray me correctly and it's like i think she did you crazy bird lady oh you murdered your husband we're not Love really it. about yeah this isn't about making you look good because there's nothing that's gonna <laughs> like, but yeah they did a really good job with the movie and i and i watched it, it was like i said it was pretty good it was definitely you could definitely tell it was like a 2000s movie yeah because obviously it was made i think it was made in like 2005 2006 like a few oh, years wow. after he after he yeah. you know went through everything um but yeah that's the amazing and incredible survival of aaron ralston he did that all that all that by himself he has like written he wrote a book called um between a rock and a hard place <laughs> i thought was fucking hilarious that is pretty hysterical. um i wasn't able to find it um mm-hmm. and get it in time to like mm-hmm. read it and and get resources from it but a lot of the sources that I got, like from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. were from that book. Oh, nice! Um, so, mm-hmm. like, I was, I, I yeah. eventually do want to read it because it goes like in detail about what happened like, every day. Don't I want you to it. talk to me about it. I'm gonna. Please don't. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. So that's the uh, that's that's my case for the day. Um, that's incredible. Isn't it fucking crazy? Ah, I feel the same way about this as after I read the book Tenders the Flesh mm-hmm. and had nightmares for like days Mm -hmm. i Mm -hmm. don't like gore Mm -hmm. but i appreciate you telling me this because this is an incredible person Mm -hmm. i'm so glad he survived Mm -hmm. i'm so glad he's this strong amazing person Mm -hmm. i still am going to question how he still does outdoorsy Mm -hmm. things after going through that Mm -hmm. but also like dope he's probably a neurotypical person that's the issue yeah no we're ill (laughs) if you're neurodivergent i don't know how you could do that shit no like unless it's like a special interest but like i know me like i like okay i it's funny. I'm scared to death, which has gotten a little better since mm-hmm. I have, we have cats. Yeah. But I used to be scared to death of opening dog food and cat food cans because when uh, I was ten, I sliced my finger open. Ten. Okay. Yeah. I, like I feel that terrified to the point where like I wouldn't open them, or if I opened yeah. them, I would use like a fork and like fucking do it so my hand yeah. wouldn't touch it because I was so scared I was gonna slice my finger open. I do that often, but that's just because I usually have fake nails. Yeah. No, mine was out yeah. of pure terror. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? So I don't... Well, I won't do any... Well, for my... This is not a terror thing. This is just because I'm stupid. I don't like using can openers because I can't use them very well because I've got stupid tiny hands. So little I raccoon will, hands. Yeah, little raccoon hands. So I won't... If I have the option to buy something with a pop top, I'm gonna because... Or if you have I've, the option of someone else, i.e. me in yes, the house, you'll be like, can you open this? I'll be yes, like, sure. I will bother other people mm-hmm. because I'm an idiot who's managed to break three can openers in my life. How the fuck do you break a can opener? 
I don't know. With Jesus. talent, I guess. I don't know if I'd necessarily call it talent. I'd it's necessarily a call talent. it stupidity. It's a talent to be this stupid. <laughs> You're not <laughs> fucking I wrong. I can do it. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's the case. Um, we are Incredible. going to start releasing on Tuesdays, like we said. Um, if you want to follow up, follow up follow us and keep up with our bullshit damn i'm getting ahead of myself you can follow us on instagram at figures in the dark you can follow us on twitter at figures in the dark but dark spelled drk you can like us on facebook share our page message us on facebook at figures in the dark you can send us an email with your case suggestions spooky stories mental health check-ins pictures of your cats at figures in the dark podcast at gmail.com and you can listen to us on all major streaming platforms including um spotify apple music amazon music and google podcast and with that we thank you and Oh my god, I just brain farted. Jeez. I feel like Yeah, it's over there if you need it. Oh shit. We thank you for listening. And as always, beware of the figures in the dark. I like how last episode I was so proud of myself for saying the fucking (laughs) saying the intro right. Yeah, and now now you can't say the outro correctly. Anyway, all right, we thank you guys for listening. Thanks Um, guys. Beware of the figures in the dark. Bye. Bye.